Well, excitement is building for the 2023 FIFA Women's World Cup. New Zealand's first game is just a few weeks away. I'll be there with my family. And today, for New Zealand Sporting History, we're looking back on the career of one of our most successful football players. Wendy Sharp debuted with the Football Ferns in 1980 when she was just 16. And in her 16-year career, she broke several records. To this day, she holds the best scoring rate for a football fern. She was a double international. Uh, She also plays touch or played touch for New Zealand. And she started a family in the middle of her sporting career as well, which involves some breastfeeding during halftime, as I understand it. Wendy Sharp joins me now. Hi, Wendy. Good morning. Nice to talk to you. Were they called, known as the Football Ferns, when you joined them at age 16? Oh, no, we were called the Swans. The Swans? <laughs> yeah, because it was soccer back then when we played, not football. Yeah, the Soccer Swans. Um, well, it was just named Swans. No, we didn't actually get called Soccer Swans. It was um, Soccer Women Association of New Zealand, something okay. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and, and, and a few years earlier, when you were a sort of... 10, 11, 12, it sounds like you had a few sports uh, available to you. How did you sort of narrow it down to soccer? It just came by accident, really, because I uh, was playing all sorts of primary school, and I once I turned 12, I wasn't allowed to play rugby for Mount Wellington anymore. Huh. The, boys, the boys were getting too big, because I was the only girl, uh, and... The uh, primary school teacher said to me, you need to start acting like a girl and start wearing a dress to school and playing girl sports. Oh, man. So I was a bit disgruntled because I yeah. loved the, the physical side of boys sport uh, with rugby, ball rush, pad tennis and all that. But I ended up playing netball for primary school intermediate. And then when I got to Penrose High, as it was known back then, my form teacher, um, Miss Sally Robbins, she was the PE teacher there as well and she had a a women's or girls football team back then and she just said oh why don't you come and play a few games Mm. and we were playing uh friendly against the mount wellington woman who was was always organized as a a friendly for mount wellington woman Mm. and the manager of that the late eric pritchard spotted me playing for the school team and he approached me afterwards and just said um, who do you play for? I said, I don't. I'm only just playing for Penrose High. Yeah. I said, I don't play for a club or nothing. And he said, oh, would you be interested in coming to the Mount Wellington women's team? And I was shy back then. And I said, oh, no, 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 you know. Mm-hmm. And then um, I told Dad and Mum about it when I got home from school. And Dad said, well, come on, we'll take you along. And I was going, no, 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 I don't want to. And he, he sort of pretty much put me in the car and took me down. <laughs> <laughs> and I was in jeans and bare feet running around. And the ladies made me so welcome and, all, you know, really wanted me. And Eric said, if you if you sign up, you'll be in the New Zealand team within five years. What? Yeah, but he, I was in the next year, which was amazing. Gosh, he, he could see it. Yeah, he, he, could, he had a good eye for talent. He was... He came from England. Um, he was very involved with Everton over the year. And um, as he, he always said in his words, I can't coach, but I can manage and spot good players. Yeah. Yeah, well, so I was picked up like that. Yeah. And, and I know you'll be reluctant to talk about your own talents, but, but do you know what it was that he saw? Like, was it your 
speed or your ball skills or just the overall package? What do you think? Um, I was gifted with pace. I yeah. was very quick off the, you know, not over the hundred. I was quick off the mark. Um, I was very competitive, 50-50 with my ball, and I could score goals. So, um, and I'd work. I had a big ticker. I'd work really hard. Mm. I'd just run nonstop for the whole game. And wow. I think put those things together and you can build on the skills and the knowledge of the game. So much of what you end up doing as a child, as a teenager, is what older people kind of offer to you or give you the opportunity to do, eh? And there's a few people involved in that story we've heard so far. No thanks to the teacher who told you to go play a girls' sport, but, you know, Sally Robbins at Penrose High School, who um, who encouraged you to play for the school football team, uh, that manager, it makes such a difference to a young person, eh, for someone to actually take the time to say, hey, you should give this a go. Oh, absolutely. And if it do, if it's not a chore, keep doing it. That's what I say to players these days. Young kids, I said, as long as you're enjoying it, do it. But don't keep to one sport. Try other things as well, because yeah. you could be gifted at a lot of lot of sports, yeah. a lot of crafts. It doesn't matter what it is. It opens so many doors for you too. Because it seems to me in the last few years we've really got into specialisation, like, oh, that, that kid's good at rugby, let's get him weight training and only playing rugby from the age of eight and, uh, you know, get them into rep rugby as soon as possible. But but you're suggesting actually quite a good grounding of different things might be better overall for the person, might even be better for the um, for their ability in that one sport later down the track. Well, yeah, if kids, I think a lot of them are given rep opportunities too young. Yeah. So by the time they get to the full international, they're over it. They're sick of training three nights a week, four nights a week. Mm. Their parents are sick of taking them, (laughs) probably not, but they don't tell them that. But, you know, like when you've got other siblings, you're dragging them all the way to a – like my girls are a perfect example. I lived in Whangamata, and both my girls were um, football rec players at um, 12 and 14. And I was driving from Whangamata to Cambridge. Oh, my gosh. And my son was only like three – so I was, you know, because I was a solo mum back then, and so I was driving them to Cambridge twice a week, oh boy. and you had to do it so that they could get go to national tournaments, yeah. which was, uh, you know, the icing on the cake. And by the time Chanel turned 15, she was over reps already. Hmm. So, you know, there, there was, they and Chanel's now back playing after having her family. So it doesn't mean that you'll never play again. You might not play at the highest level that you hope to, but who said you were anyway? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so so take us back to your teenage years. Obviously, it goes well at Ellerslie Club. And then tell me how you ended up getting selected for the Swans, for the national team. Oh, well, I was actually playing for Mount Wellington. Um, okay, yep, sorry. So, yeah, I was playing for Mount Wellington. And uh, I played my first season in 1979. And... Um, we heard that there was going to be a tour for the because I hadn't played any rep level at all by then, mm. and there, um, there was going to be a tour over here from Australia to play three tests against New Zealand, and the late Ken Armstrong was selected as the coach for that, and he just um, asked for coaches or managers to put names forward of players that he thought would be good enough for New Zealand level mm. to have trials. And I, my name was put forward, and I thought nothing of it really, because you know I hadn't played for Auckland or anything at that stage. 
And so I just went along, trialled, just did what I did pretty good, I think. School goals, run fast and have a big heart. Yeah. Um, and then early in 1980, I got the phone call saying I'd been selected for the New Zealand team, which I, I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, against yeah, against Australia, played. the old rivals, eh? Yes, well, I knew nothing about rec football, to be honest. I didn't even know there was Auckland teams. You yeah. know, I, I'd heard that there was a New Zealand team and I could be selected in five years if I signed up to a club and I played well. But I was, I was naive. I didn't know there was, you know, international things, you know, ahead for us. Because it wasn't publicised or anything. Yeah. And so, yeah, then I... So I... I Went to the. We, I think we had a camp the week before the first game, and we all stayed at Logan Park in Canberra Road. Then, mm-hmm. yep. And so we went into a camp for a week. I didn't start the first game at Morton Road, but I came on as a sub. Then we went down to Wellington for the second test. We got billeted out. We didn't stay in a motel or anything. Billeted out with um, other players or pe- uh, friends of the Wellington people. You know, we just got billeted. And I got a start in the second game, and I was lucky enough to score and cemented my position from then on, pretty much. That was a pretty important goal in that game. Yeah, we drew one all, so it was important. Um, And it was a good confident booster for me that I was up to this level. I was capable. Mm. Um, Still naive. Yeah. You know, know, young, never never sort of done anything like that before, never travelled before on my own, you know, with a team. You know, so yeah, it was it was it was opened the doors for me. I'm talking to former football fern Wendy Sharp. Uh, Wendy holds the record for the best scoring rate for a football fern with over ten caps. What did the other women in the team make of this 16 year old who hadn't even played rep soccer before showing up? Oh, they they were pleased to have me there. They they, I think they they opened their arms to me. They guided me. Because uh, a lot of them played in the '75 and '79 um, internationals, so they they knew what was what we had to do at a competitive level. So um, yeah, they just helped me out. They were just so so kind and generous with their knowledge. Oh, and great. Yeah, as we try to do now, you know, as you come a senior player as well in the squad. So 1980 was your debut, and then I think you played in that national team through to 1995. Great run. Did women's football change much in that time in New Zealand? Uh, Yep, it definitely did. In the late 90s, uh, players were a lot more technical, or even late 80s, um, that players got a lot more technical, a lot more skillful Mm. on the ball. Uh, I think we were more physical in the 80s. Uh, 50-50 was our ball because we didn't have the technical skills a lot, so we'd go in for the 50-50s to win them. We took more risks back in the early 80s. Like We weren't afraid to put in 50-50 balls from halfway and hope to get someone on the end of it. Now it's more possession-based. You play more to a structured pattern, uh, and players are more scrutinised with giving the ball away these days yeah. back to when we were like we, we weren't we didn't have GPS's we didn't have <laughs> TV cameras watching us play <laughs> so we we weren't afraid to take these chances because you weren't going to get bollocked if you, if you missed the ball or missed mm-hmm. the goal you know like they do these days yeah Um. so let's talk about some highlights then I wanted to mention uh, 
you playing in Taiwan in 1987. That was a pretty big day for New Zealand football. Oh, yeah. We're, we are still the only national team to actually beat the USA team. Amazing. You know? Yeah. Um, and it's still like fuzzy in your head. Like you think, we're the only team that did this. It yeah. wasn't easy. Yeah. It was a hard, hard, you know, knacker out there. But, um, yeah, that's a huge buzz being part of the team that did it because it was a team. You know, not just one player, not two players. It was a whole squad of 16. Yeah. And what was the score in that game, do you recall? Uh, one, one nil to us. Uh-huh. Amazing. Did you have a good yeah. game? I think I did. <laughs> you know, I was I was young back then, and um, I believe I, I played my part. Um, I worked hard. Uh, I've been told in reading back on articles that my dad had done a scrapbook for me because I never did any of that. Mm. And reading back, um, articles said that I played well. Yeah, so. Cool. Yeah, I, I believe I, but I played a part in the team. I played the the whole eighty minutes back then. It was not ninety yeah. now, like it is now. Um, yeah, I, I believe I played a part in the team winning. And then the first ever women's World Cup was nineteen ninety one. Do I have that right? Yep, that's right. And you helped us get in. Yep, I, I was lucky enough to get on the end of the ball and put it in the net in the the game against Australia. One nil again, yeah. Yeah, one nil. Yep. So New Zealand's New Zealand's going to China, um, but then you're not in that team. I know. Um, I fell pregnant. Well, I was actually pregnant over there playing the qualifying rounds and not knowing I was pregnant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then when I came back, I found out I was eight weeks pregnant. Oh, so, gosh. yeah, um, I'm philosophical. I wasn't meant to go. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I was going to pick up an injury over there. Maybe. I was going to be off form over there. I don't know, yeah. but I wasn't meant to go. So, yeah, I've got a, I've got a beautiful daughter out of it. Yeah, it's Chanel, eh? Yep, Chanel's my first. Brittany's my second, and Tyron's my son, the third. And so, tell me about the next few years of being both a mum and a professional athlete. Um, well, we weren't professionals because we never no, got that's paid. true. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, an elite athlete, I'll say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I was back running after about. I think three or four weeks after giving birth, that was not easy. It felt like, I think I did half a K and felt like I'd run a marathon. Mm -hmm. Not that I'd ever run a marathon, but I believe that's what it felt like. And then a few months after that, I ended up starting to play again. And play, obviously, I dropped the baby weight and I was still reasonably fit and got myself fit again. And then um, I got asked if I'd be available for the Auckland team, and I said, oh, you know, I don't know, it's hard to go to Dunedin with a newborn baby, and I don't have the funds. And so the the Auckland players agreed that my trip would be funded, Hmm. and I was able to bring my mum, which mum paid her own way to be my nanny, to help me out on the sideline with Chanel. So mum was on every sideline in Dunedin, while I was playing, and at halftime, Chanel always needed a top-up because I fed on demand. So I'd just run off, top Chanel up for the next 40 <laughs> minutes and at halftime. <laughs> and then the players and the coach were fine. They knew that's what I needed to do if I was going to go. Thank goodness for so, your mum, eh? Yeah, yeah, mum was great coming down. Yep, yeah, so she she was happy because, you know, it was her first grandchild as well. Yeah, is, so she, is, she, she, was, is she still around your mum? 
No, both my parents died in um, 2020. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. I lost them in... 2020 was a horrible year for me. Was it? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I lost both my parents. Um, My grandson broke his arm. My daughter broke her leg. (laughs) It was was an awful year for me. (laughs) Okay, and so back to the football. It didn't seem to affect your form. You kept scoring goals, right? Yep, yep. I was top goal scorer at that tournament, and I was voted Players Player of the Year that year at national tournaments, mm. which was really kind of all the players that gave me their vote. Um, yeah, and so I had to go to Wellington to pick up. I, I was, I think I won it jointly with um, Lorraine Taylor. I think it was, mm. and so we got um, invited to the Wellington Sports Awards to to receive the trophy, and. Um, Maureen Jacobson's parents put me up kindly for, for it, uh, but they didn't realise I was bringing Chanel. So I arrived at their place with my daughter uh, in the car seat and you know, pushed here. And um, yeah, took Chanel along to the awards. And so, yeah, that was really cool too that she, she was there to, not that she'd ever remember it, but yeah, that's just what I did. Where I went, my babies went. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. I know it's not a simple answer. How many caps did you end up having for the national team? Well, the blazer I got awarded with, um, it says 50 internationals, 53 total appearances. (laughs) But, yeah, yeah, um, a lot of uh, sort of talkers about this because I'm registered as 49, I think, on the official websites because... I think it was four to six, four or six caps have been taken off a few of us players for not for we they found out that these countries weren't FIFA countries, mm. but they were given to us back when we got our caps. Politics, eh? And yeah. So yeah. So I still say I've got fifties. I've got fifty cap given given to me by New Zealand football. I've got a goblet given to me on my fiftieth game. So I I still in my heart believe I played 50 games, over 50 games for New Zealand. Yeah. And you had a couple of records, uh, most international goals, best scoring rate for a football firm. Did you treasure those records? I only found out about those (laughs) recently because, as I say, I never really took a tally. I I knew I scored a lot of goals and I was really lucky I scored a lot against Australia. But um, I never knew till recently that I had these um, records until people started doing a few articles on me because nothing was really documented to us. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, it's really nice to, and I think, wow, that's quite cool, really. Well, this comes up. Okay, this comes up in conversation quite quite often on our show, Wendy, and it's and it's not just to do with football either. The the way that women's history tends to just get sort of forgotten because it's not recorded because it's men writing the history books. Uh, and that's a classic example that you were a record holder and you didn't even know it because no one was really paying attention or writing it down. Yeah, I knew that I I was New Zealand's top scorer mm. for 18 years till Amber Hearn broke it. I knew that um, because I was the top scorer for New Zealand when I retired. Yeah. Um, so I knew that, but I didn't know like about this um, scoring rate or anything yeah. like that. Point seven yeah. for anyone interested, by the way, any uh, sports statisticians who are interested, and um, so that's almost a goal a game. Um, yeah. Tell me about I, that final game against Australia in 1995. 
Oh, I was so nervous because mm-hmm. I, I was scared I was going to get injured before the warm-up, you know, like in the warm-up before the game started, <laughs> and I wouldn't have got my 50th cap. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, we lost that game. We lost both the games over the year. Australia got quite strong, you know, because they wanted to qualify for the World Cup, obviously, the next one in, in Sweden. Um, no, sorry, they'd qualified for the one in Sweden. So, yeah, they were quite a lot stronger by the time we played them in '95. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I was so nervous. But every game I played with a big heart, you know. I just and you never know that the next game could be your last game, so you had to perform every week yeah. to keep your shirt. Yeah. Oh, speaking of yeah. keeping your shirt, you weren't allowed to keep your shirt for that last game. No, we had to give those that strip back. Mm. <laughs> yeah, That's I've still got classic. my first shirt, which was really nice. Have you? Yeah, yeah, it's um, a, a horrible little um, umbro one. <laughs> but it's, it's still, you know, personal for me, of having course. my first shirt. Of and I've got is. a couple that we were allowed to keep in between. Yeah. Uh, but we didn't get many shirts, you know, gifted to us. How much money do you reckon you made out of football over the years? We made no money. We lost money because we had to take leave without pay. To go, A lot of us had to take leave. And we had no holidays left because back then you had to take four weeks at Christmas when your my company shut down over Christmas back in the eighties. Mm. So um, we never got paid at all. You know, we we just we did it for the, the honour of playing for your country yeah. and the love of the sport. So yeah, no, I've never been paid to play for New Zealand, and I don't mind because I did it for my, you know, because I love doing the representing my country. I love the sport. Um, I, I travelled with the team for free, saw countries I'd never see mm-hmm. if I didn't. So those were the rewards for me. Yeah. But I guess it's pretty different for the football fans these days. Oh, it's their job. You know, um, it's a career. They have to be paid if they if they want to play professional because you, you could not do it as a football fan now if you weren't training four to five times a week. Well, they probably train every day now. Mm. I don't know, but... Yeah, it's it's different now, and they're playing all around the world as a job. Do you follow it? Uh, the football ferns. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm still I'm still very invested in it. Um, for the fact that, you know, I played for those teams before them. I want good results for New Zealand, um, and I, I like to see how players have developed. Uh, I, you know, so yeah, I do follow it. And I understand that recently you got a bit of a surprise with a uh, a jersey that some of the, your old teammates had organised. Oh, we had to purchase those. The, the ones, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on. Uh, yeah, no, truly. It's, it's, is it the the football fern one with our name on it and our playing number? Yeah. Is that the one you're talking. Yeah. yeah. No. Um, couple of players, ex football ferns in Wellington, thought it would be a really nice idea for when we go to a, a football fern game for us previous ferns to have a shirt with our name and number on it. Yeah. So they, they put out an um, an email to all, all the football ferns, previous football ferns, would you like to purchase one? This is what it's going to cost. Um, and it has your playing number on. And Jeremy Romain had already done a list of all us in our order of our playing numbers. Uh-huh. Yeah, so um, I purchased one because I thought it'd be nice. Of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I've, it arrived in the mail last week. 
And so if people are at the World Cup and they see a young woman wearing a football ferns top with number 25 on the back, they'll know that's you. Yeah, not quite so young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, I've got a big birthday coming up in, in t- uh, 11, 9 days. So okay. I'm not young anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, for people who are feeling a bit sad that you got um, talked out of that career in rugby, you at least got to play for New Zealand in touch rugby. You got to run with that oval ball again. Yeah, yeah. I played New Zealand mixed, um, which I, you know, I was um, lucky enough to get selected for the New Zealand mixed team and go to Australia. Um, I, yeah, I just loved mixed because it was faster. It suited me better because I'm so competitive. <laughs> so, yeah, it's yeah. a New Zealand mixed touch suited me. Awesome. I dabbled in Auckland woman and I played a few women's games but I drew back to mixed all the time. Do you play any sport now? Um, no, I'm waiting for a knee replacement. Oh. <laughs> I've got a, my knees are kaput. So yeah, I've, I coach, um, I've been coaching up teams up to um, this year and I still run indoor on a Thursday afternoon for a group of players down here in Caddy Caddy um, just like players that uh, are a bit gifted and I want to keep them involved and give them extra and I'm I'm not coaching my grandkids teams this year because of work commitments and travel but I'm, I'm a relief coach for them I've done a couple of sessions for my grandson's team when their coach has been sick and my daughter's coaching that my granddaughter's twins I've got twin granddaughters yeah so I've done a couple of sessions for her as well and I've done she's playing for why he ladies and I've run one session to help their coach see how I coach because he's new to coaching. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm just doing a, I'm just doing the odd coaching this year. Wendy, it's a pleasure to meet you. Oh, thank you. Nice talking to you too. I could talk for hours about football. <laughs> Wendy Sharp, who debuted for the Football Ferns in 1988, 16, ended up uh, holding the best scoring rate for a football fern. And for many years, having the record for the number of goals scored. Go the Football Ferns at the Women's World Cup. And Wendy, thanks again for your time. You're more than welcome. Have a great afternoon.